to the Hall of Heroes Podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Matthew Sterling. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome everyone back to a whole new episode of the Hall of Heroes podcast. This is episode three, and I am joined by our new interim host, the one and only Spencer Spence Man Cosplays Simpson. How you doing, everybody? Awesome. Welcome to the show. Um, Matt's equipment was kind of not doing him well, so we are re-recording this new episode a little bit of a ways off from when we normally record. We're recording this on Saturday, um, Saturday the 23rd to be exact, and once Matt has his equipment back up and going and uh, working with a little bit better stuff he'll be back on and he's going to do what chad typically does with Dubac, where he'll just be sending in the emails weekly we weren't able to get that to happen today but come wednesday and every wednesday as you normally record you'll be hearing from matt still just not uh on the horn so spencer you will uh introduce yourself and tell everybody how your week's been yeah absolutely um jared and i have been lifelong friends and so uh he asked me to come on in the meantime but uh, I am at Grove City College, and this past week was pretty good. Not too much going on, uh, and it's uh, one more week before spring break, which I'm excited for. But I'm glad to be on the show uh, here today. Right. I have my Instagram page, uh, Spence Man Cosplays, that uh, that Jared uh, mentioned earlier, and uh, I do the Tenth Doctor cosplay. I do a Obi Wan Kenobi cosplay. I do. Let's see, what else do I do? Old Man Han Solo. It's been a minute since uh, you did Han. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's been a good while since I've since I've put Han through uh the test of time. But uh let's see, what else? I was on uh, a couple weeks ago on the the first Raylo podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that say- was a good time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was your uh, do-bag debut, not knowing how soon I'd have you back on, uh, especially for the reason that I did. Sooner Um, than we both expected, I think. Yeah, (laughs) very much so. Um, But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and hop right into the news here. Um, A lighter week. uh, Again, a very Marvel-heavy week. Uh, as it has been lately, but I think that's just mostly because we're only getting Shazam this year from DC, um, aside from like the DC TV stuff. But uh, this first story, uh, it looks like Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be stepping away from her larger role as Pepper Potts in the MCU. Uh, she recently sat down with Variety and said the following. I mean, I'm... A bit too old to be in a suit and all that at this point. I feel very lucky that I did it because I actually got talked into it. 
I was a friend with John Favreau, the director of the first two Iron Man movies. It was such a wonderful experience making the first Iron Man and then to watch how important it has become to fans. Um, this is interesting. Uh, you know, when it's, it's the internet. So everybody's going to hear Pepper's not going to be in it and go, well, Tony's dead or, you know, uh, extrapolate from that what they will. Uh, re set leaks from a while ago actually shows Pepper in the rescue Iron Man armor. So the, the, the very specific quote of being too old to be put in a suit is going to be put to uh, some amount of test because it seems like we're going to see Pepper in some type of armor uh, here in Endgame. Um, yeah, which I'm really excited for. Whenever we got the the little taste of it in uh, Iron Man 3, it was kind of exciting. And I remember when we had talked about uh, our predictions early on for what Infinity War was going to look like, I remember, Jared, that you had even mentioned you thought she might get some time in the armor a bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I th- I I thought that she was gonna. I think a lot of people thought that a lot more of that movie was gonna take place on Earth than it did. Yeah. Um. And I I thought there was gonna be some type of uh, fisticuffs between Thanos and Iron Man on Earth, and I thought at one point um that would be Pepper in the suit in the trailer, but alas, I was wrong. But uh, you know, we might get to see her become rescue for a little bit and save Tony's behind at one point, which would be really fun and really interesting to see. Um, yeah, I do hope so. Especially if she's taking a step down. Now, she did also say that she's up to still having like her cameos and stuff like that, um, which which is good. I'm happy to hear that she's not like hardline. I'm done with the MCU. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's that would be really unfortunate to see, especially since uh, Tony and 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 Pepper are getting married soon. You know, provided yeah. that that Tony lives through Endgame, I hope he does. But we shall yeah, see. We'll see. <laughs> that's a big we'll see. Um, I the, exactly. I I think that the there are all kinds of implications that come with uh, an actor saying that they're stepping away and. You know, the fact that she says she's up for cameos at the very least means that Pepper's not going to die um, in case anybody yeah, <laughs> was worried about Pepper's safety. Um, yeah, that's that seems to be the implication. But, you know, we will see what happens um, as long as uh, Mark Ruffalo keeps his mouth shut about the matter. We'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> this yeah, past no, no more slip ups. Yeah, no more slip-ups from uh, Dr. Banner. Um, uh, moving right along with some of the, with more of the Marvel news, um, we got we got we got more bodies on the pile uh, with Marvel Netflix. Um, they have officially canned um, uh, Punisher and Jessica Jones. And that is officially all of the Marvel Netflix shows that are kaput. Um, For now, let's hope. For now. Now, there's always the chance that, you know, I think it was like the Hulu president or vice president or whoever said that they might revive it on Hulu, of course. Um, They did say that Jessica Jones' third season is still going to air. Um, but after that, that's going to be it for uh, Ms. Jones and everybody over at Alias Investigations. 
Um, Punisher's second season, I didn't see it myself, but I heard very good things about it. And that it was a very, like, Punisher kind of wrapped up neatly so that, like, you know, it didn't leave you foaming at the mouth for what could happen next. Um, Hopefully they continue the shows on Hulu. A, because I don't want to say goodbye to these shows. I know, Spencer, have have you seen, how much of the Marvel Netflix stuff have you gotten to see? Uh, Not very much of it at all. Um, I don't watch... Many of the superhero TV shows, if any of them, but I look forward to the movies when they come out. But um, I think that based on what I saw in uh, The Walking Dead from uh, John, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Bernthal. That's the one, John Bernthal. Based on what we saw from him... Uh, and and the the edgy nature of his character there, I can only imagine what he could have brought to uh, to a Punisher TV show. Even though I never got to see it myself, but yo, he was excellent. He also got to play Punisher on Daredevil, and it was fantastic. Um, Jeff Loeb, the president of Marvel TV, actually issued a statement uh, after the melee and all of them being leveled. Um, uh, it was an open letter that reads as follows: It had never been done. Four separate television series, each with different super talented showrunners, writers, directors, cast, and crew coming out months apart, and then they would meet in the single event series all set in the heart of New York City. We called them the Defenders, and together we were thrilled by stories of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and even The Punisher joined in. They said it couldn't be done, but Marvel assembled amazing teams to write, produce, direct, edit, and score. 13 seasons and 161 hour episodes. Take a moment and go online and look at the dazzling list of actors, writers, directors, musicians who all graced us with with the very best of their craft. We loved each and every minute of it, and we did it all for you, the fans, who cheered for us around the world and made all the hard work worth it. So thank you. On behalf of Marvel, or on behalf of everyone at Marvel Television, we couldn't be more proud or grateful to our audience. Our network partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling these tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that. As Matthew Murdoch's dad once said, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked to the mat, it's how he gets up. To be continued, Jeff Loeb and all of us at Marvel Television. Yeah, that certainly sounds promising that they're in the works with, with, uh, with another platform like Hulu to get these back up and running again exactly hulu or again disney plus (laughs) which you you have that trump card kind of looming over everything at all times like i i i I feel like every show in the dewback network at some point has to talk about disney plus because it's kind of the be all end all right now of everything that could happen yeah exactly and that goes that goes live late this year is that right yes yes so we can we can hopefully hold on to to uh, the Disney shows and movies, the Star Wars stuff, the Marvel stuff that we have on Netflix for for uh, several more months comfortably. Yeah. And I'm and I'm but, sure that we I'm sure that that'll all get um, revived. Uh, you want to go ahead and take this next story, buddy? Um, yeah. So so it looks as though uh, Marvel's Loki is the the new TV series is going to be. Uh, headed up um, by the director of Rick and Morty season four, uh, the writer and producer uh, Michael Faldron. 
Now, I saw the first three seasons. I have not yet seen season four of Rick and Morty, so I'm not sure what exactly we're in for um, with with Waldron with Waldron at the helm. But if it's anything like what we saw in the first three seasons, I think we're in for a real show. You know, some some real dry comedy, um, some fantastic action sequences. Let's hope, and and uh, and a whole lot of trickery. What do you think, Jared? I'm very much excited for it. Um, I, from what I understand, it's supposed to kind of follow Loki and him being possibly in the periphery of all manner of historical events and stuff like that. Um, yeah, especially which is an interesting to premise. the MCU movies. Yes, yes, very much so. Now, my biggest um, hesitation with that sort of storyline. Uh, especially knowing that it has the, you know, a Rick and Morty alum whose whole kind of shtick is being very, um, irreverent with, you know, history and, you know, it's time travel, Morty, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Um, my, I, I really don't want it to be like, oh yeah, Loki is partially responsible for the sinking of the Titanic. And Loki was partially responsible for JFK's assassination and so on and so forth. Um, I hope that they are a little bit, they, they kind of have some restraint with that sort of thing. And don't kind of indulge themselves with what you can do with that and kind of play it close to the chest with how they yeah, it's, uh, it seems to me the series and, you know. Don't yeah. don't don't let it be like a full on revisionist history type show. Oh no, absolutely not. Um, it seems to me like there's a lot of potential for this to end up being kind of like a Doctor Who show where um Loki is sort of in the like you said in the periphery of these these events of history, maybe directly involved but perhaps not. But but like you said, I think I think they can get a lot more creative with writing this show than simply making Loki partially or fully responsible for all sorts of you know catastrophic events. And I do I do hope that they they can get creative with their writing in that way. Yeah, and like I said, like I don't mind it being a Doctor Who type thing, just as long as it's not every single episode is just him. Bet you didn't know Loki was involved here, kind of thing. Yeah, that 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 would get old really fast, I think. Even though even though it seems like a really really great foundation for a for a storyline, if we see that over and over and over again throughout this series, I think that that the fans would just be thirsty for some some new material, you know? Yeah, new material, and it's also like man trying to like trying to fit that into the MCU as a whole. Like, that's my biggest issue with it. Like, as a comic, I would not mind a Loki was on the Titanic or Loki was JFK. I wouldn't mind that as a comic book. But when you also have to fit that into the greater MCU, and then you can, like, like is with, eventually there will be some way to, like, link Loki back to Hydra or something, and then you just get into continuity errors and stuff like that. Yeah, that that, that could get really messy really fast. So so, that, that's, so they need that, to be careful where they decide to involve the the Loki series with the rest of the MCU because you know they that could be some some really dangerous ground if they yeah. get involved with plot holes and and stuff like that. 
But I am very much excited for that as well. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take this story. <laughs> yeah, man, it's all yours. Because <laughs> my, my heart broke. <laughs> When this when this story broke, um, so as you guys probably saw around uh, this past weekend, um, a story broke claiming that Army Hammer is in was in final talks with Warner Brothers to head up Matt Reeves' The Batman, um, which excited me when I heard it. I knew you know take it with a grain of salt, obviously. Um, it excited me when I heard it. Because Army Hammer is at the top of my hopeful Bat- Batman list. Um, and finding out that he was allegedly in final talks was very promising. Um, of course, uh, Warner Brothers had dismissed the claim. And then Army Hammer said that he was not in any final talks for anything. And that uh, Warner Brothers has not even reached out to him yet, which is mildly disappointing. And he said was a bummer, I think was his verbiage. Um, yeah, and, and it, he implied definitely that he would be open to to a role like the Batman in the coming movie if they decided to consider him for the role. Well, he, so, he almost did play Batman before. Um, he is infamously was supposed to play Batman in Justice League Mortal. Before it got scrapped. Exactly. You know, the week of production, whenever Warner Brothers pulled the plug on Justice League Mortal. So, Army Hammer Batman isn't unprecedented. Um, However, because he's already associated with the brand, there may be reason to go with a different Caped Crusader. Which I totally understand. Um, however, you still have the rumors floating around that it's going to be him. Uh, you also have the Robert Pattinson rumor, which... Uh, alrighty, and we're back after a little bit of technical difficulty there for a second. Um, TJ, you'll be able to stitch these together just fine. Um, anyway, as I was saying, um, there are the prevailing rumors at the moment... Uh, that the two main people in the talks are either Army Hammer or Robert Pattinson to take up the cape and cowl after Ben Affleck's departure. Uh, Spencer, what's what's your short list for the Batman look like? Um, I don't really have that much of a list. I'd really love to see uh, some some new character development beyond what we've seen. We got some really interesting stuff uh, from Batfleck. Uh, that that really dark side of of the Batman that even though it was some some new material that you know I always welcome new material but I didn't exactly love the darker direction uh, that they took Batman uh, in in uh, Batman versus Superman and in Justice League um, I personally would like to see his character move back toward you know the Batman that we that we know from most of what we've seen of him where, well, yeah, he does do what needs to be done. He still, he still isn't, you know, yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, I think we want to avoid <laughs> think, the murder part of it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, no more brands. That, that was, that was a little, that was a little, a little dark the top, for yeah. me, but personally, um, I would love to see 
some of the, you know, the B and D listers or, uh, you know, like the lower <laughs> level Batman villains, you know, maybe not necessarily in the forefront of the story, but, um, you know, what, whatever happened to, to people like the ventriloquist and the Mad Hatter, you or know, Jerry, my you personal make, favorite, you always make fun Kite of me. Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you like always make fun of me for, for bringing up these D lister Batman villains. I love that. But, you love, them, you know, though. let's, let's. <laughs> Let's let's see something like that. Let's see a little bit of, of of new new material in terms of the villains that we bring into the story. It doesn't have to be huge. They don't have to be, you know, really consequential members of the of the plot line. But let's see a cameo. Absolutely. Let's see, I, let's see something. I'd love to see know? something akin to the way they used Bartok the Leaper in Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Just just like something really small. Just a name drop doesn't need to be that big, but and he can just dispatch them you know, very something... quickly. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be huge, or even um, like what we saw from Crossbones at the beginning of Civil War. You know, just like a, a really short ten-minute altercation at the beginning of the movie, um, or even like uh, like what we saw from Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> Two. Let's not talk it doesn't... about that. <laughs> but you know that's the, that's the sort of thing i don't i don't know my 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 short list for what i want to see in this movie is incredibly short but i i am always a big fan of of some some new blood and and to see some of these characters that you know jared you say a lot that the thing you love about the the superhero movies and and the industry that's out there now is that we get to see some of these people on the screen like 10 years ago Neither one of us thought we'd ever see Black Panther or Doctor Strange no, in a standalone no, that, movie. Yeah, you're right. That's my favorite but, thing ever. Is like there, there's little kids but, dressed up but as Ant Man for Halloween. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, and nowadays we have that ability to make these characters that you wouldn't otherwise know about or hear about, unless you were a, a, a total comic book nerd. You know, we get to see some of these characters while they may not be the most, you know, nefarious and and developed and uh, dynamic villains out there for these characters let's just see some new material yeah, that's all i'd something like to chew on as well like you, you get the laugh factor of like oh my god they just put is it is that is that kite man is that kite man right there hell yeah like you get you get all of that <laughs> yeah. you know the kite yeah, man not, hell yeah not the most intimidating you know about but that have i told you about that i don't know oh my know. god it was Tell in me a about newer, it. i want to say it was in dc rebirth but i could be wrong um, but Kite Man got type type in Kite Man on Google right now, and you will see the difference okay. between like his old school like shitty Golden Age costume and a what and a With way what? cooler redesign he got like in the modern day. Like his newer version of his look, he does like Kite Man of all people does not deserve to look as like legitimately cool as he does. He's almost rocking like a a, a Falcon right? sort of a vibe, you know, from from the MCU. He's got this this sleek paratrooper looking outfit, these epic, you know, uh, infrared goggles <laughs> hanging out on a on a hang glider. This well, is my awesome. My favorite thing would, would be like he would he would like swoop in and like steal whatever he was stealing. And like he would do it in like such a way where he was just so entertained by what he was doing, where he just swoop in, steal it, fly away, and to himself go, 
Kite Man. Hell yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And that could be the sort of thing like you're describing just at the beginning of the movie, at the end of the movie, somewhere in the middle, just like a real small altercation, like Kite Man steals something and Batman takes him out, takes him down to the police station, maybe to Arkham. I don't know where he'd end up, but you know, just something small like that. You could put Kite Man in a movie and make him look good and make him look like a, a serious contender in the villain the world. The moment I knew that we you could know? get away with anything in comic book movies was the day that Guardians of the Galaxy came out and destroyed the box office. Yeah. Like, like. I remember back in the day, like we were in junior high and like everyone's like asking me, like, who are the Guardians? Who are the Guardians? I'm like, I don't even know who the Guardians are. Like, I know, I know them by <laughs> name. Like, I know the group. I know who's in it. That's but it. That's it like, you know, you know um, don't don't ask me to name their biggest villains. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to tell you why they're important to the MCU. But all was revealed in time, and we got a really epic squad of of uh, galactic m- miscreants and. <laughs> and I like that galactic miscreants. Um, but yeah, no. I who do you, do you have any picks for like who should play Batman off the top of your head? Like, do you have, is there anybody that you can think of that like you really want to see in the suit? Honestly, I I don't have anybody at the at the forefront of my mind that that I'd really love to take up the mantle. Um, I've for most of my movie-going life, I just trust the decisions of of the the casters and the directors to find somebody that'll that'll fit the part well. And I haven't really been disappointed in 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 recent past. You know, the Nolan trilogy was 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 great, and and Ben Affleck did a wonderful job. I think uh, with, with filling what he that was role, given, of course, because you got to work. Well, yeah, Zach exactly. Snyder. You can only go so far with the writing, um, but. I just, I'm I'm hanging on and hoping that they make a good choice, but I don't really have any preferences. I just am going to trust the judgment of the of the directors, which sometimes can be a a foolish move. But Warner Brothers does not typically disappoint, and so I mean, they're not except put for anything most of screen. the DCEU. <laughs> I was talking like Bugs Bunny, man. Warner Brothers never disappointed. No, in those days. oh yeah, I mean. Unless <laughs> they're just gonna be like, okay, the but, DCEU is now just the DC animated stuff, and it's Kevin Conroy, then I'll be happy. Like, the, <laughs> I'm, I have zero fear at that point. It's just we're just gonna make the animated universe, but with better animation. Like, do that. Yeah. Just do that. Like, call in Hamill. Call in, you know, um, uh, everybody else. Tara Strong. Um, my pipe dream. Well, and. I know this isn't going to happen, but like the pinch me, I'm dreaming casting for me is David Boreanaz. Really? Uh, are you familiar with who that is? You know who I'm talking about? I haven't seen much of his stuff. Why don't you, why don't you okay. tell us about so it? So he, he was the main character on Bones. He, I think it's Seal Team is the show that he stars in now. Um, but back in the day, he played Angel on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he also played Angel in the Angel spinoff. Um, and he was almost cast as Batman before. 
he was being eyed. I can't remember if it was for Justice League Mortal or Batman Begins, but he was almost thrown into the cape and cowl before. So I'm really, really hoping that he um, they give him a call and let him come in and you know do the whole song and dance because we see an angel like he has all of the the gravitas and the you know dark brooding you know not sinister but very imposing personality um and he would be able to make you know a a a physical fight believable on screen so i think that might be the most important part about casting a batman is that you got to be able to make the fist fights believable it can't you, you can't make it look too staged it's got to look really natural. Yeah, and they also have they have to live up to the warehouse fight in Batman v Superman. Like you, oh, yeah. you can't That's have like the, the really close up shots and like the choppy editing that they did with Bale. Not that Bale was bad, but like most of those fights were just like really shallow punches and throwing elbows. And you, you have, now you have to put that next to ba- to Affleck, who literally just brought the Arkham games to life in that scene. Oh yeah, we get to see all kinds of of the the mad raw brutality that you can experience in the Arkham games with with characters um, like Batman, especially in the hands of somebody like Ben Affleck. But even even Christian Bale made some made you know threw a couple punches and and made a couple moves that that made even us cringe. Yeah, you know, you know like holy mackerel! Well, that so is my brutal. favorite like face-to-fist hit in all of film is always going to be in BVS when he punches that one thug so hard he does a front flip. Oh, man. <laughs> like, boom! Flips! And I remember I, I, wa- I remember when the trailer came out, Like I, I just kept watching that clip. I'm like, I don't understand the physics here, but I don't care. I don't understand how he's making this man flip. Um... But yeah, that's that's my pipe dream with Boreanaz. I know it's not going to happen. Um, but that would be a good I would, choice. Oh, I love it so much. I would be so happy to see him, but get to play Batman. I would be grinning the <laughs> whole time. Like that. That's just one of those castings where it's just like, oh, this is so perfect. Um, <laughs> move, <laughs> moving right along. Um, getting into our. Final nugget o news and uh, our discussion topic. The first wave of reviews for Captain Marvel are in. Yeah, and it seems like they they brought in a, a theater size of uh, of fans and of movie critics and just let them get a sneak peek at it to see what their initial thoughts were. And from the looks of things, this is going to be a really yeah, good movie. I'm going to go ahead and read some of these, uh, kind of hop around. This is from Mike Ryan. Captain Marvel isn't what I expected based on marketing. It's pretty much an all-in cosmic space movie. Also, it's a lot weirder than I expected. Ben Mendelsohn is awesome as Talos. Captain Marvel has a great 90s sci-fi vibe with a tone unlike any Marvel movie. It's retro and trippy, mysterious and dorky. 
It's fun in surprising places and badass in all the right places. It remains entertaining because it's always changing. It's got the right stuff. That was from Eric Davis. Eric Eisenberg says, Captain Marvel is a blast, has some cool surprises that I definitely didn't see coming, and the mystery slash origin it weaves is engaging and fun. Brie Larson is awesome and makes fantastic first steps into the MCU. Uh, Anna Klassen says, lots of, e- lots of fun Easter eggs in Captain Marvel that link to the history and other films in the MCU. Watch closely. Now, this is Among the Bunch. The What I'm about to read is the only not glowing review that says, Captain Marvel is a mixed bag. First half is slow and uninspired. Second half, much better. Feels like the directors could not escape Marvel formula. Mendelssohn steals the movie. VFX of full Marvel powers much better than trailers. So that that's the only, like, what... Yeah, for lack of a better word, negative review so far. It's critical, but I wouldn't it, say yeah. that it's... It, it, I'm just know. saying, it's not as flowery as all the other ones, but the fact that it's just outright like, meh, first half could use some work. Like, if that's if that's the wor- biggest complaint I have walking out of the movie, good job. Um, yeah. <laughs> you could do a lot yeah. worse. And, again, all of these are just really praising it. Um, Perry Nemiroth of uh, Collider said that the future of the MCU pardon me the future of the MCU gets even brighter adding Captain Marvel to the mix really fell for Brie Larson's sass strength and energy in the role same with Lashana Lynch too Ben Mendelsohn is A plus casting as Talos and yes Goose is a scene stealer second viewing can't come soon enough now, the th- aside from how good the reviews are, aside from the fact that we get to prove all of the neckbeard internet trolls wrong about Brie Larson being a wooden actress, um, I love the fact that we are um, three for three with these like post-Loki really good Marvel villains now. Like, people keep praising Mendelssohn the same way that they praised uh, Brolin and Michael B. Jordan. Like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that Talos is going to be Thanos level, because um, I don't think you beat Thanos. I don't think the MCU is ever going to touch Thanos until they're finally able to put Doctor Doom in the mix. I think Doom is going to blow Thanos out of the water, but that's just me. Um, but we haven't we haven't come close to seeing anything quite quite like that coming no, down no, 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 not yet. I'm just saying that eventually um, seeing the, the the amazing way that Marvel was able to do Thanos, I shiver at their take on Victor Von Doom. Um, oh, man. But I, I love the fact that it sounds like that Marvel has finally cured the villain problem. Uh, I am really excited. I'm excited for this movie on the merit of me being excited for it, but I'm also excited to be able to see all of the internet trolls prove wrong. Spencer, did you see like the, the like really ugly response this movie had with its marketing with like the very negative kind of toxic side of nerd internet? Did you see any of that? No, tell us about it. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm pretty sure most people listening have heard about this whole kerfuffle. But I, the, <laughs> what really agitates me is when a movie trailer comes out and it's starring a woman and it's an action movie. And the number one complaint is she needs to smile more. And she seems wooden. And I look at that and I'm like, even though I know that like Cap has so much going on as a character. Tell me one time Cap does not seem stiff and joyless in any of the trailers for any of these movies. Now, the intensity we get from those trailers is is what draws us into the theater. And so it's it's completely backwards, you know, to say that a Captain Marvel trailer needs to have more sunshine and roses in it. You know, we, we want to see some action. We want to yeah. see a character that, that like, takes, that takes her role seriously within the MCU is, yeah, sorry. and is ready to kick butt whenever she has Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And like, aside from that, just being completely backwards logic, like how blatantly and hysterically sexist that is. everybody you know we can get away with everybody just grimacing and scowling in every movie but hey she needs to smile more (laughs) yeah i don't i don't remember seeing gal gadot smiling on any of her wonder woman posters and and i didn't remember hearing any kind of backlash about that so why now it's because brie larson is an outspoken feminist that's why (laughs) because the actress has you know been very Ooh, I am woman, hear me roar. And then, you know, the same kind of people who, you know, will make eight hour long videos complaining about The Last Jedi. That's not a joke. It exists. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> it's like, man, like there's like a multi several hour long video series, quote unquote, objectively dissecting The Last Jedi and stuff like that. You know, same crowd, you know, that that same crowd that just wants to go after anything like this that, you know, you, um, but like, aside from, you know, getting to be like, haha, this movie's excellent. You're just an asshole. Um, I'm just so excited for this. I'm so excited to see, uh, this character that I love and that I've been waiting to be a part of the MCU finally take center stage. Um, she's definitely going to be the focal point of the MCU moving forward. Oh, definitely. And that being said, I'm going to put on our tinfoil hats here. (laughs) Spencer, I'm going to let you go first here. What are your hopes, expectations, theories uh, going into Captain Marvel? Um, as far as theories go, I don't really have that many. I'm hoping that Nick Fury doesn't lose his eye in this movie, uh, just because I don't know. I love I love the original stories too much, and I think that they would be trying to explain something that we see in the modern day MCU uh, through artificial means. Um, like like that's one of my biggest complaints about some fandom movies is that they try too hard to, to stick these little, uh, these little asides in there to make all the, the, the super fans giggle in the audience, you know, where I don't think it would be entirely necessary to see 
Fury lose his eye here, especially from like the old the old stories with he and with him and his brother. You know, I'd like I'd like for that to not happen, but that's a really small thing. In general, like I said before, I don't I'm not too picky with uh with what I'd like to see in a movie. I just want to have a good show. You know, I want to enjoy my experience. I want to see I do want to see Jude Law uh completely blow me away. Um what do you what do you think what do you think about Jude Law in this movie? How do you hope he's going to Oh, I perform? Jude Law will turn in an excellent performance cuz friggin' Jude Law um, <laughs> I, what I really want to see, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you here. I do kind of want to see Fury lose his eye. Um, because there's a whole line with like the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Um, I think Ben Mendelsohn is a shield agent. And we also know that Ben Mendelsohn is a Skrull. So I'm thinking that uh, good old Orson Krennic, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., is going to um, double-cross Fury and be the reason he loses his eye. Um, I think Captain Marvel's cat is going to have superpowers. I think Goose (laughs) is going to have superpowers, and I'm calling it now that Goose at one point does some super stuff. Um, yeah, like what? What kind of super stuff would you like to see from I don't a feline? Know, but I just—it seems so <laughs> Marvel for like the cat to end up like flying or some shit. Um, laser vision, maybe. <laughs> Supersonic, Supersonic hearing. hearing. Su- Retractable adamantium claws. How about super naps? Um, Ooh, super naps. I'll, I'll take that superpower. Um, powers I wish I had for a hundred, Alex. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, my, my theory, what I want is for the two credit scenes. This is more of an, this is more of a want than a theory. I want the two credit scenes to both be endgame tie-ins. Like I know that they've kind of gotten into the trend where like the credit scenes are ultimately like jokey type things. Or, like, one of them's kind of jokey and the other one is, like, an actual, you know, here's what to look forward to. Um, and what I'm hoping they do with that is that they do, like, uh, the first, like, the mid-credit role ends with her getting the message from Fury at the end of Infinity War. And I hope that her, like end credit scene like the very last thing we see is uh carol arrive at earth and even if that's like a part of endgame is her arrival i hope they kind of do with that what they did with ant-man and cap with ant-man and cap civil war where like they just literally put a scene from the movie as the credit scene yeah that would work fine like, I, I really want to see Carol, like, I really want it to be like, okay, I've been gone. What's up? What's up? I got Fury's pager. What's what's going on? What's going on? Like, what's, what's happening? Um, I also do really want to see, like, a really good reason why she is not on Earth for all of the insane shit that has happened on Earth in the past, like, yeah, 20 years. Yeah, I feel years. like it'd be really difficult 
it would be really difficult for for the MCU to get away with not explaining that. You know, there would be so many, you know, critical questions following, like why the hell wasn't she involved, you know, in, in the last 15 years of movie, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> just off the top of my head, uh, the Battle of New York, Sokovia, Malekith attacking <laughs> in Thor the Dark World, um, obviously Thanos, like, you know, all, all four of those, you know, with as powerful as it sounds like she's going to be, she would have put a really big dent in a lot of that, like really quickly, you know, like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of get this one in here. Um, so I really do hope they, they explain that in a really good way because, that was one of my very few complaints about Wonder Woman's characterization in the DCEU. Is that I don't think that they really established that version of Wonder Woman disappearing for a hundred years. Like, I understand the whole, like, you know, she was really sad about Steve Trevor and kind of went and did her own thing, which makes sense. But when you also write her to have this very, like... You fight because it's the right thing to do, and humanity deserves someone to protect them kind of personality, and then try to square that with, also, I lost the person I love, so I'm done now. Like, they didn't really square that, and then, like, the fact that, like, all it really took was hearing about Doomsday to get her to act again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. That is exactly the sort of thing that we saw in like the the Batman Nolan trilogy though. You know, after the Dark Knight, Bruce loses Rachel, goes into quiet seclusion for for what, 8 years and and even though we never got Well, that was all, um, also had a lot to like do a, with a really, the whole murdering Harvey Dent thing though. Well, yes, but even though he did go away for a while and and like just like you say batman has that same thing like we got to do what we got to fight cuz it's right you know that sort of mentality he does go away for a while but throughout the dark knight rises that that whole that whole 8 years is sort of explained in through the movie and so i do think that it is possible for for them to write it into the story a believable and palatable reason why she was away for all that time yeah and i i do think they could and i i I would be shocked if they didn't i was just saying that you know i i hope they avoid that and like the same thing with like the green lanterns in the dceu like they established that the lantern core is a thing where in the hell were the lanterns when friggin zod invaded earth during the battle of metropolis like where the hell was the lantern core like, I get maybe there wasn't a, a lantern for that sector, but, like, still, like, why why is Oa just... They should have been aware yeah, of it, Yeah, at the at very least. least aware of it. Like, why is Oa just all sitting on their thumbs at that whole thing? Um, <laughs> you know, so I hope that Marvel's able to sidestep a very specific issue like that, um, that the DCEU kind of wrote itself into, um... And that Carol has a very good reason for kind of going into seclusion and all the different ways that this could all happen. You know, like, 
we're with Endgame, and it's something that I love about Endgame and love about Infinity War is that the nature of that story, because it involves the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Gauntlet, everything is on the table. Every answer to anything is an option. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't rule anything out when the inf- when in the Infinity Gems and the Gauntlet are involved. The only thing that you can, like, uh, like wholeheartedly be like, this won't happen at this point is that the Avengers lose. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody has at least the understanding that they're going to take Thanos down, but they still want to know exactly. how yeah, they do Exactly, that's the it. fun part, isn't it? It's not, it's not the what, it's the how, which... Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited to see how everything pans out with uh, Captain Marvel. I know I'm probably going to be seeing it at least twice at opening weekend. Um, nothing but excitement for the, the future of the MCU, and then Endgame not long after that. Uh... But with that, um, that is going to be all for this episode of Hall of Heroes, episode three. Um, like I said, Spencer is going to be the interim host and will become a frequent guest after that, I'm sure. Um, oh, I'm sure. You know, once, once you finally get addicted to the podcast bug, uh, you know, you, you, once you start, you can't stop and it becomes – so much fun. Uh, my my goal is to get you on Dewback eventually to have some fun over there as well. Um, but thank you for coming on. Uh, this is going to be a fun ride. Uh, you and I are going to get to cover comic book movies leading up to to Endgame. Oh, you know, man, cover all the wait. news, and uh, once Captain Marvel comes out, we'll be doing a review episode that, like, you know, our discussion portion of the episode is just going to be a Captain Marvel review. Uh, we'll just be talking about the movie. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. And you can follow the Dewback Discussion on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Dewback Discussion. Uh, like the Facebook page, like the Hall of Heroes Facebook page, like the Gorenmore Facebook page. Um, and don't forget to check out T Public because we have our new logo on a shirt with, uh, you know, allusions to Dewback Discussion and Gorenmore and Hall of Heroes on there. We have a couple Gorenmore shirts. We have the old school Dewback logo on there. And we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipeline very soon for you guys to adorn your bodies and do back discussion merch. Um, yeah, you guys are going to pick some of the – you got you have to check these out. You're going to want one. Yeah. I've seen I've seen these shirts, and they look really slick. Between that, and we're going to have some really cool uh, – you know, Tim, Tim does amazing work. Uh, we're going to have some really cool Star Wars stuff coming down the pipeline. I've had uh, lots of ideas for new Star Wars merch we can do. Um, you know, lots of Star Wars Hamilton crossover, uh, which I had a very – I had an aha moment with some of that stuff. So that will be coming down the pipeline soon. Uh, stay tuned for my sit-down with the YouTubers Girls with Sabres for Raylo Part 2, uh, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, that will be a whole lot of fun. Um, that was a great – two-hour conversation there's something about Raylo in two hours that just keeps happening and happening um 
And yeah, so I am Jared. I keep getting ready to say the Dark Jedi, but this is not the Star Wars podcast, so I can't call myself a Dark Jedi on this show. <laughs> Why yeah, not? I mean, it, it's the nickname. I don't know, Jared the Dark Knight. You know, keep it, you know, same kind of nomenclature there. Um, yeah, I am Jared Bachman Stubbs. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. Signing off. And I've been Spencer Simpson. Uh, you can find me at Spence Man Cosplays on Instagram. And check out the stuff that I've been doing recently as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, with Steel City Con coming up, Spencer's most likely going to be there with the rest of us. Uh, we're going to be there in costume for most of it. I might be in civilian clothes at some point because I'm going to be at the booth for a lot of it. But uh, probably in cosplay for most of it. And the fun that we'll have with that. I'll put it that way because somebody, <laughs> somebody might be listening. So we have to play very close to the chest with what we talk about. <laughs> But yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening and have a good one. It's making